going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 254 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we're going to talk about our results from week five in the NFL. Also, interesting stats and storylines. Joey, how was this week for you? <laughs> uh, wasn't the best week no. by any stretch. <laughs> See, I'm laughing because for everybody out there that doesn't know, it was Ben's birthday on Saturday, the 8th. Yes. And we ended up going out and getting way too drunk. And then waking up Sunday morning was an absolute struggle. And when I was up, I couldn't even function or think. <laughs> so didn't play much. Didn't make too many lineups. Had two lineups total. And then I won my head-to-head that I played. And my cash lineup finished with 178 points, which would have cashed in uh, every other you know cash contest had I played. But nonetheless... The moral of the story is don't get fucked up during the NFL season. <laughs> yeah, man, it was it was a brutal morning uh, on Sunday morning. I was completely chalked Saturday. Me as well. Could not think through anything. I was just sitting here at one point on my computer realizing that I had been like trying to build the same lineup for like 45 <laughs> minutes and I, and I was just absolutely done for. But nonetheless, I, I did play, I think, five lineups four early only tournament teams and then a cash team i min cashed on one of my early only teams and then smashed in cash which was actually really nice on the day put up 201.75 points good to win 85 percent of my head-to-heads in cash in every single double up so pretty good week in cash currently undefeated on the season i've only played three out of the five weeks in cash but yeah so far so good as far as cash goes so feeling pretty good about the process there and yeah um i, I would like to mirror your sentiment as, as well maybe no more drinking on saturday nights at least yeah. not to that extent like it was absolutely it was not brutal just abs no no fucking chance ever ever again what day of the week is your birthday on next month a wednesday oh perfect yeah we don't care about thursday night football absolutely <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not perfect perfect all right yeah i mean i guess just talking about things like from a cash perspective most of the decisions you made were probably fine either way because mm-hmm. all of the chalk smashed <laughs> yeah i mean if you listen to the wednesday episode if you watched my video on friday if you watched the stream on saturday i mean we essentially put you onto the build right the the cash game build in my opinion there was two optimal builds this week the tom brady build where you go a bunch of mid-range maybe pay up to cooper cup or the Josh. Josh Allen build, you know, where you go Josh Allen, Fournette, a couple other cheap running backs. Uh, We did say it was a three running back week in cash, which in my opinion, if you didn't play three running backs, it was probably bad process. You need to reevaluate just because with all the value that we had and yep, Ramondre goes off. Fournette goes off, Josh Allen goes off, Tom Brady has a decent enough game to get you there. Tyler Higby had a solid game, Cowboys D goes off, which was a chalk. Tyler Lockett, Godwin has an okay game. Uh, who else am I missing? Chris Olave ended up getting Paul, Jeff Wilson Jr., yeah. all 20 plus. Like, no matter who you played, if you were yeah. on the the best plays, you smashed. Yeah, abs- absolutely. If you if you were tuned in to the cash game streets. You probably should have won this week. 
Let's talk about some of the interesting stats and storylines from the week. You talked about how Josh Allen was one of the two optimal quarterbacks, and we just saw it. Like we we knew that this team and the way that they play on offense would lead to no fear regarding a potential blowout. And that's exactly what we saw. They blew the brakes off the Steelers and Josh Allen still set a career high in passing yards with 424. And a big part of that was Gabe Davis, who caught a franchise long 98 yard touchdown on the Bills first drive. And if that wasn't enough, he popped up a couple drives later to snag a 62 yard touchdown three for 171 and two, 35 DraftKings points on three catches. Gabe Davis averaging 57 yards per catch in week five. And he has the Chiefs on deck. Last time he saw the Chiefs, mm-hmm. he dropped 204. So Gabe Davis hitting his stride early in the season. Yeah, obviously insane inf- efficiency, right? He's probably not going to have 171 yards on three catches again for the rest of the season but this was the whole premise of being in on Gabe Davis right because he is this big play deep threat attached to one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and I think that the floor is still relatively low just because he doesn't have like 10 target upside as all the guys that he's going to be priced around like on DraftKings specifically moving forward so he is only a tournament option at this point but nonetheless his ceiling is extremely high one of the highest ceiling players in the NFL and yeah I mean first play of the game or whatever first drive 98 yard touchdown uh it was a good day for Gabe Davis Yeah, love that as one of the uh, chief operators on the Gabe Davis train. So always good to see that. That helps for the best ball portfolio. It was a great week for the best ball portfolio with Gabe and Brees and Mike Williams all all coming out in a big way. Really love that. You know, speaking of unreal efficiency, which I think was kind of the story of this week. Do you happen to know, Joey, who the uh, quarterback in the perfect lineup was this week? See, I was going to look that up like while we were recording but I don't know and I'm assuming see Josh Allen scored 39 so I want to say Josh Allen but if you're asking me that it wasn't Josh Allen no he was actually priced at 4900 and it was Taysom Hill who had (laughs) 10 total touches which he parlayed into four touchdowns he had one pass attempt for a 22 yard touchdown and nine rush attempts for three touchdowns and he put up 37 points on DraftKings and really helped out a lot of people on Underdog specifically where he has that tight end eligibility. Taysom Hill paying off in a huge way. Obviously unplayable on DraftKings at quarterback, but if you're on Yahoo where he's a tight end or Underdog where he's a tight end, Taysom Hill is breaking slates with this positional advantage. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely insane for sure. Shout out to me. I drafted Taysom Hill in my last Best Ball Mania 3 team, which... Seems like it's going to work out, and it just it just looks like they're going to have to use him. And we've talked about it before. He's a good player when he has the ball in his hands. I don't care what anybody says. He gets yards. And at the end of the day, that's really all that teams care about is getting yards and scoring points. And if you put him in, in the red zone at the goal line, like I've never seen him not get into the end zone. Deadass. Have you ever seen Taysom Hill get stuffed? He he doesn't know how to get stuffed, dude. All <laughs> he knows how to do is is get yards. I mean, he had a 60-yard run in this game. And it's like every time he was out there on the field, besides the one pass attempt, they were using him to rush the ball. It's like they knew what was coming and they just could not stop him to save their lives. And <laughs> I don't know, man. He's he's a literal cheat code. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't just Gabe and Taysom that were 
you know, obliterating this slate based off of efficiency. You know, Brees Hall, another player who I was all over this week, feel good about catching him pre-blow up, played him in cash, shout out to me. And he was only three yards away from being the first skill position this season to hit the double bonus on DraftKings, 97 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving on only two catches. Again, efficiency off the charts, 30.7 DraftKings points. And Brees Hall looks to absolutely be the real deal early in his NFL career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was one of the best prospects coming out of college last year, uh, kind of a similar prospect to Jonathan Taylor. We know how good he is. Um, He should have had, in my opinion, that receiving touchdown where he got tackled at the one. So kind of some missed opportunity there. And yeah, he definitely had a chance to break the slate if he gets, you know, that receiving touchdown on the long catch and then another rushing touchdown. And I I think moving forward, he's definitely going to be in play on DraftKings for sure. He's 5,800 this week. So, yep, again, set a new career high for the second straight week in terms of snap share. The Jets obviously realize what they have in him, and we will definitely be touching on Brees Hall more next week. Priced below 6K, in my opinion, still way too cheap for this role that Brees Hall is growing into. And, you know, he wasn't the only running back this week to come close to 200 yards. I mean, it was really the entire position that exploded across the league this week. Austin Eckler had 199 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. He was the highest scoring running back on the slate. Alvin Kamara had 194 yards combined rushing and receiving. Ramondre had 175. This position in general has been underperforming all year, and we finally saw a really heavy running back scoring week this week. Yeah, like I said, if you didn't play three running backs in cash... I think it was probably bad. The running back value was so strong. Um, the mid-range running back value was so good. We talked about Fournette and Kamara, you know, as two of the best plays on the slate. They all ended up hitting in a, in a big way. So if you ran three running back lineups, you probably made money on this slate. And the wide receiver pool, especially the value wide receivers, were so bad this week besides Khalil Shakir that, you know, there, there was really no reason to play four wide receivers on this slate. And yeah, I mean, shout out, shout out to everybody. Shout out to Ramondre. Uh, Damian Harris gets hurt. We'll talk about that soon. He comes in, has a good game. They priced him up to to six k next week. He'll probably be in play. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it. the The running back position was gonna was gonna swing back eventually, and these guys were gonna have big games, and we saw it. We saw it yesterday, and you know, Delvin Cook also had a very good game, who we didn't mention. Um, just a, a lot of good running back scores last week. Yeah, or this week. Yeah, Dalvin was good. He just wasn't good enough to get there when he ended up being like the sixth or seventh highest scoring running back on the slate. I did play Dalvin in, I think, three out of my four tournament teams, and I had Damian Harris in half of them as well. So, you know, kind of not the greatest from, you know, my choices tournament wise, but got there in cash. Just an unlucky injury. I mean, nothing you could do with that. No, it it was definitely tough, especially um, as he was in my best lineup with the Josh Allen double to Diggs and Gabe might've had a chance there, but alas, I also want to put on record while I'm taking L's for tournaments that I'm never playing Terry McLaurin in DFS for as long as he is catching passes from Carson Wentz. If I ever get it into my head, Joey, and you hear me say something about Terry McLaurin, please remind me of this conversation because I'm not, I'm done. 
I don't give a fuck, dude, because it was the right spot. Everything was perfect for Terry McLaurin to go off. But no, it was 3K min price, Diami Brown, who comes in and gets 105 yards and two <laughs> touchdowns when it should have been Terry. Man, it should have been Terry. and Should have, could have, would have. It's just crazy, man. Like, they just will not throw this man the ball. Jahan Dotson's out. Curtis Samuel's a little hobbled all week. Still can't be Terry. Let's just feed Diami Brown. Great. Love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Obviously, two long touchdowns, not really predictable. Probably going to be his only touchdowns of the entire year, to be honest. Uh, just unfortunate that they went to him instead of Terry McLaurin. But yeah, I mean, personally, in the entire history of this podcast, I've maybe played Terry McLaurin two times in four years. I don't play Terry McLaurin ever. Yeah, you know, that's probably a winning strategy, to be honest. If you really think about it, has there ever been a week where you needed Terry McLaurin to win? He's just been hampered by bad quarterback play his entire career, and a lot of wide receivers' upside, at least in my opinion, everybody could think different, comes from the quarterback play, and he's never had it, you know? So I've just never really played Terry McLaurin. I wasn't on Terry this week. just want no parts of this Washington offense, unless it's at cost like a 4,500 Curtis Samuel in week two or something like that. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through Terry's game log and he has one 30-point game over the last three seasons. Maybe a couple of these are a little bit higher on DraftKings with the bonus. Uh, I think that on DraftKings, he probably has two or three. But yeah, to your point, I mean, if if he's hitting 30 maybe once per year, I, I think that, you know, at this point, it might just be full fade uh, Terry going forward. This commander's team is just dog water. The only cool <laughs> thing they did yesterday was like, let uh, Brian Robinson come out of the tunnel to many men by 50 cents. Shout out to them. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> That's actually incredible. Hell I yeah. need to see that video. Yeah, no, look it up. It, it, it's 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 sick. He looked so hype. Oh, um, as as soon as you say that, that's the first video that pops out on my Twitter. Yeah, um, it's like they're listening. Oh, they they 100 percent are. 100 percent all right that's about it for interesting stats and storylines definitely some injuries of note that we need to be aware of going into week six rashad penny i think with the most serious fractured his tibia this week likely out for the year they're expecting that he'll need surgery kenneth walker in relief came in in week five put up 88 yards and a touchdown he's 5400 on DraftKings next week at home against the cardinals i suspect kenneth walker will be a player that we're heavily interested in come the Thursday preview podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Travis Homer is hurt as well, correct? Yep. Um, Rashad Penny hurt. So it's really only Kenneth Walker and DJ Dallas there. And I think both running backs should have a pretty large role moving forward. And, you know, it just it, it kind of just gives like the, the injury guys a, another victory lap, you know, with Rashad Penny. Yeah, you hate to see it. You hate to see the injury guys get paid off, but... Because Rashad Penny is a good running back. He definitely is. He definitely is. But Kenneth Walker looked like he had some juice too. Um, So we'll see how that plays out next week. That's the running back position in the NFL, you know? Yep. That's, that's why you draft backup and handcuff running backs for this exact reason. And we've seen it over the last three weeks or so. Running backs are starting to go down. It's a it's a situation to capitalize on, unfortunately. And you better believe that we will be continuing along with running back injury news. Both James Conner and Daryl Williams exited the game for the Cardinals. It could be Eno Benjamin season. We don't know the extent of these injuries. Currently, James Conner dealing with a rib injury. Daryl with a knee. I, I guess that Cliff Kingsbury said that the, the James Conner 
Connor thing shouldn't be long-term, but we don't know whether or not he'll miss next week. That'll be something to keep an eye on going forward. Eno Benjamin would be the waiver wire add if Connor were to miss time. Yeah, definitely Eno Benjamin for sure. James Connor kind of similar player to Rashad Penny. You know, people think he's going to get hurt. He gets hurt. What are you going to do? Not much. Damian Harris, we already referenced hamstring injury. Do you have any any update on this one uh, from the Patriots? I mean, Damian Harris is a dog, so if he misses any time, I think it'll only be one week. I think if it's a serious hamstring injury, he's most likely out this next week against Cleveland. Ramondre showed that he can handle a full workload. He had 25 plus touches. He's 6K. Kind of a similar situation to last year, funny enough, where uh, it was Ramondre's like breakout game against Cleveland because Damian Harris got hurt with a hamstring injury. It's crazy how the world comes full circle sometimes. But Ramondre Stevenson is going to be an absolute workhorse if Damian Harris were to miss. And he's one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL in 2022. uh, One of the best running backs at breaking tackles and uh, creating yards. So Ramondre Stevenson would be a absolute must play stone lock of the century without Damian Harris next week. Yep, we would be all over that, especially a week after Austin Eckler goes full nuclear on the Browns. Would love to get uh, a full workload out of Stevenson next week. Rolling on with some more injuries, Pat Fryermuth exited the game against the Bills. We actually have no information on that right now, so that is a uh, wait-and-see situation. And then Tyreek Hill left the game as well with a foot injury. I believe he was spotted in a walking boot, and we don't know the severity of that injury as well. I mean, the Panthers legitimately just fired Matt Rule 10 seconds ago. Damn, breaking news. Breaking news. So, yeah, Panthers fired their head coach. Baker Mayfield is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, like who was on that on this podcast? He's not an upgrade on Sam Darnold. Darnold is probably the starter when he comes back. And now it's going to be P.J. Walker season once again. This team is just in shambles, and I just absolutely want no parts of this Panthers team. Yeah, they're they're god awful. Do we? But know maybe it gets better now. Be? Maybe yeah. it gets better now. Who's the interim going to be? I don't. I don't even know who, who their like support coaching staff is. Uh, Steve Wilkes. Okay, yeah, he was the uh, former Cardinals head coach that got fired after one year, if I'm not mistaken. So probably a pretty (laughs) grim situation for the Carolina Panthers looking like it's going to be a lost year for that squad. And that, Joey, I think is going to be it for episode 254 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you follow us at Dose Media Net as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover, Joey's at Joey Carrying DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what is going on within the network, you can join our inner circle via the free Discord channel. Link to find that is in the show notes to the podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic.